بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد الحمد لله tonight is the 13th of August in the year 2023 Alhamdulillah the last few nights we've been taking a glimpse into the divine majesty and mercy and the last thing I mentioned was that sins are what causes problems for us in this very world and this is despite the fact that Allah the Almighty says in the Quran Surah 42 verse 30 وَيَعْفُوا عَنْ كَثِيرٌ He forgives and erases much aye, without you asking forgiveness. So even with the sins that remain, we are afflicted as we are. The only thing which is important to highlight here is Allah the Almighty says وَيَعْفُوا عَنْ كَثِيرٌ So the attribute is af A-F-W and Af, the glorious name, refers to forgiving and never bringing it back up. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibb al-afwa fa'afu anni. The famous dua on the night of Qadr. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are af, you love to forgive and erase, never to bring it back. So please, forgive and erase my sins by your great kindness and mercy. So note at the end of this verse, Surah 42 verse 30, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whatever misfortune happens to you is because of the things your hands have brought. Yet, for many, He erases, never brings it, brings it up again, He forgives. Not again the extreme mercy of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this verse, it would not come as a surprise to learn that Abi Suhaila had related. Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu once said to me, Shall I not now inform you of the most virtuous, the best verse in the book of Allah, the most high, that Rasulullah conveyed to us? He then recited this verse, Surah 42 verse 30. وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِنْ مُصِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَيَعْفُوا عَنْ كَثِيرٌ Whatever misfortune happens to you is because of the things your hands have wrought. Yet for many, he simply erases, never bringing it up again by his kindness and mercy. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said to Ali, وَسَأُفَسِّرُهَا لَقَ يَا عَلِي I will now explain it to you, O Ali. Whatever misfortune befalls you, be it sickness, punishment, or trials in this world, it is because of what your hands have earned. Wallahu ta'ala akramu min an yuthanniya alihimul uqubata fil akhir. And know that Allah is too noble to double the punishment in the hereafter. Wama Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala erases in this world, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is then too forbearing 
to retract his arrest. So this is the report. Recorded in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 649, number 775, number 1365, related to Hassan. So let's break it down. So Abi Sukhaila, he was a Tabi'in, Rahmatullah. He had the honor of learning from Ali. So he's a senior Tabi'in. And Ali radiyallahu told him, Shall I not inform you, O Abi Sukhaila? The most virtuous, best verse in the Quran. I think about that. There's over 6,000 verses in the Quran. And Ali was telling this Tabi'i, Shall I inform you of the most virtuous, the best verse in the entire Quran that Rasulullah conveyed to me? Meaning, it's not my opinion. It was this very verse. And how many Muslims actually know that? If you ask any Muslim, what's the most virtuous verse? Because they have the Qursi. Well, that's the greatest verse. What's the most virtuous? Afdalu. Ayah. Is this verse. Then the Prophet ﷺ explained the verse. Meaning, you need to have some understanding of it. He said to Ali, I will explain it to you, Ali. First, he said, whatever misfortune befalls you, illness, punishment, trials in the world, it is because of what your hands have earned. Now think about that. When we fall ill, when we have things happen that are unpleasant to us, we are tested. The Prophet said, it's because of your own hands. Then now, look how interesting. Then the Prophet said, Wallahu ta'ala akram. Allah the Almighty is too noble to double the punishment in the hereafter. Now what does that mean? It means that even though your hands triggered the illness, your hands triggered the punishment, your hands triggered the trial, because you've been afflicted with it, Allah sends something because of what you have done, He is then too noble to punish you again for it in the hereafter. Allahu Akbar. So what does that mean? It means that you trigger your own problems and worries. Allah then sends the applicable punishment. But that applicable punishment actually now protects you from being punished for that trial in the hereafter. And which name did the Prophet use for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Wallahu ta'ala akram. This explains that name. Allah ta'ala is akram. He's too noble. What does that mean? It means once he afflicts you in this world, he won't then give you a second punishment for it in the next. Then the Prophet said, Whatever Allah ta'ala erases in the world. Then Allah ta'ala is too forbearing. Min an Yauda Ba'da Afwe to retract his erasement. Subhanallah. Another name Rasulullah used of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ahlam. It means the forbearing. Now what, what did what does that mean? It means if Allah doesn't take you to task, he erases the sin without any affliction. He is too forbearing to af- to again give you another erasement. It's been purified. Note that this authentic hadith clarifies upon two of the glorious names of the Almighty and Glorious. 
akram and ahlam akram the noble sorry akram the noble and ahlam the forbearing so now you got these great names of almighty allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and most people are aware of the names they've heard the names so if you say to a person is allah ta'ala noble because yes but when you ask them what does that mean they give you the oxford dictionary he's always uh, you know he's, he's got is it why have you given commentary of the name of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rasulullah explain what akram means it means that if he afflicts you he is too noble to afflict you again that's his nobility alhamdulillah and what does ahlam mean he is the forbearing it means if he doesn't even take you to task he gives you the royal pardon he won't bring it up again on the day of judgment so look at these beautiful names the, the prophet was explaining to ali but what was the key point of the hadith this is the most virtuous the best verse in the quran meaning if you really understood this verse you really understood the connotations what it means what it entails you will realize this is such an immense bounty of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that's why most of us inshallah will have no sins on the day of judgment allah ta'ala is too noble if he afflicts you once he's not going to afflict you again and he is too forbearing if he gives you the royal pardon he's not going to bring it up again allahu akbar clarifying further our beloved messenger said sallallahu alaihi wasallam when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intends good for his servant he quickens his punishment for him in the world however when he intends harm for his servant he withholds from him punishment due to his sins until he recompenses him for it on the day of resurrection this is in tirmidhi and shaykh al-bani rahmatullah stated sahih in sahih al-jami volume 1 page 118 so note again further clarification we want our lord to intend good for us how do we know he's intending good he quickens the punishment you fall down the stairs you trip you sprain your ankle you lose your car keys somebody falls ill you lose your wallet that is not a bad thing because change that is to many muslims they think it means not a bad thing you know you have lost your wallet why are you getting happy over my misfortune for i'm not talking about that you don't see the bigger picture Allah Ta'ala intends good, he quickens his punishment. Why? Because he's not going to punish you again. But then the Prophet said, but when he intends harm for his servant, he doesn't punish him. Now what does that mean? You have to be careful. It means he hasn't forgiven him with the royal part. And he's not punished him. So what now? It means Allah Ta'ala is withholding punishment from him. He will be punished for it on the day of resurrection. And we don't want that. So note again, our connection we should realize how allah ta'ala deals with his servants subhanahu wa ta'ala dus now consider sayyidana anas's narration this is in hakim in his mustadrak number 8721 stated sahih to the criteria of bukhari and muslim hafiz ibn kayyim in his al jawab al qafi number 88 stated sahih ibn abi dunya in his al uqubat perish nations number 17 of the new english translation anas the great servant of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he relates I once went to visit Aisha radiyallahu and I saw a person with her asking her Oh mother of the believers radiyallahu inform us about the earthquake She replied It will be a time 
when people will be consumed by fornication, intoxicants, music, singing will also be widespread, i.e. which is now sadly happening all over the Muslim world. Allah the Almighty will then become enraged and order the earth, shake the people. If they then become repentant, remove it from them. Otherwise, destroy them. So I asked, Anas, I asked, O oh Mother, will this, the death of the wicked and sinful Muslims due to the earthquake, be a punishment? Is this a punishment for them? She replied, Rather, it is a lesson, it is a mercy, it is a blessing for the believers. As for the unbelievers, it will be abandonment, punishment and indignation. Sayyidina Anas added, I have never heard a hadith after Rasulullah passed away that made me more happier than this one. Subhanallah. So let's look at this. So let's break it down. So this is a sahih hadith for the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim. So Anas, he loved to hear the hadiths. And obviously Rasulullah has left the world. So he's turning to the authorities. And somebody asked a very intelligent question to our mother. And the question was, earthquakes. And the question he was asking was, why does Allah cause the earth to shake? So the first part, you know, we could all have hazard a guess and we were right, is to do with sins. People fornicate, they take drugs, music, singing, widespread. Allah gets angry. Allah then commands the earth, shake. If they repent, remove it. Otherwise, destroy them. So now, if you stop there, you're thinking, all right, okay, the earthquake was to punish the Muslims. I asked, is the death of the wicked and sinful Muslims a punishment? Meaning they've been killed by the earthquake. Is it a punishment then? Look what she said. No. It's a lesson for the living. It's a mercy and a blessing for the believers. But for the unbelievers, it is punishment. Anas, he goes, I became so happy. This was the most amazing hadith I heard after Rasulullah left me. Now, what does that mean? Again, Bali, Bali, Musulman. Earthquake happens. What's the first thing that they start talking about? Oh, they were getting punished. Who's getting punished? He goes, the Muslims. You go, look, earthquake struck Pakistan. They all got it, didn't they? They all deserved it. And then you go, I don't understand what you're saying. You go, well, it's obvious, isn't it? They're committing all these sins. Allah has wiped them out. So then you ask that person, so let me get this straight. Are you saying they've got punished? And if he says yes, he says, stop talking. It's not a punishment for the Muslims. He thinks, what is it then? It's a mercy and a blessing. Go back to the reports. Allah afflicts once. He's too noble to afflict again. He took out the sin. Now he's not going to question them about the sin. How is that a punishment? And then he goes, well, who said that? Goes, oh, now you're asking who said it. Right? Who do you think said it? Rasulullah, the family of the Prophet But for the unbelievers, it's a punishment. So recently there was an earthquake in Turkey. How many Muslims lost their lives? You know, I don't know, thousands. 
Again, people start talking, oh, Turkey, you know, they're in a bad state. Allah sent his wrath upon them, they're getting punished. And again, you're talking, uh, you know, you don't want to be rude, but, you know, you, you know, you just said, oh, brother, stop talking, this is not Islam. Every one of the Muslims who died in that earthquake, they were forgiven. Way back a few, you know, maybe a decade or so, there was that tsunami. And it was a huge tsunami, you know, and people again saw bodies everywhere. And Sheikh Hamza Yusuf al-Maliki, Hafizahullah, he goes, don't worry about the dead. They reached their station. He goes, worry about the living. Now think about that, that's an island. But what do we do? We think of the dead. But they're forgiven. Don't worry about them. The ones who survived, they're the ones who are not secure. Look at how we look at the world. If you've got understanding, well, have you got understanding? Everybody's getting punished according to you. A note to a non-Muslim, if he hears that, it takes him away from Islam. Because, well, look, God, your God just punishes everybody. But if you explain to them the reality of what's happening, he will be impressed. He goes, so that's not actually a punishment. Because, yeah, they committed sins. But God, God got involved. Because they're not going to repent. So Allah has got involved. He's forgiven their sin. And he's too normal to bring it up again. If a non-Muslim hears that, how is he going to react? So this God of yours, tell me more about this God of yours. But there you go, because you're talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then she said, but for the unbeliever, it is punishment. Obviously, if there's a non-Muslim, then obviously he hasn't got Iman. So obviously we can say, look, sadly that is a bad sign. But we don't know his state. Maybe he did die with Iman. And Anas realized the significance. What did he say? I've never heard a hadith after Rasulullah passing away made me so happy than this one. In other words, I've learned something about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Clarifying further, our beloved messenger himself said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a believer is afflicted due to two reasons. Firstly, due to a sin that can only be forgiven due to it. And secondly, due to a status that can only be reached due to it. <laughs> this is in Ahmad in his Musnad 6-53, Ibn Abidunya, Hafiz Munziri in his Tarheem and many others. That's it. No bayan. Why is this person got this illness and there's no cure? So he's not expecting a bayan. And you say, well, there's only two reasons. Is he a Muslim? Yeah, he's a Muslim. There's only two reasons. One is because there's a sin that he's got in his life and there's no way it can be forgiven. So Allah Ta'ala has afflicted it. And he goes, okay. What's the other reason? If it's not that, then it's due to a status that he can only reach because of the affliction. Now look how interesting that is. Out of the two, the one that is most common is because of status. So yes, both of the reasons. But most of the times the affliction is due to a status that can only be reached because of the affliction. Subhanallah, how often do Muslims ignorantly bicker over this question? Whether those who die due to an earthquake are being forgiven or punished? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve us from speaking without knowledge, especially when it comes to the awesome divine mercy. Subhanallah. Now what's interesting Hafiz ibn Kayyim said something shocking. It shocked me as well. Hafiz ibn Kayyim said, there's a sin worse than shirk. So when I heard that, I thought, what? 
He goes, there's a sin worse than shirk. He goes, speaking about Allah Ta'ala without knowledge. Just think about that. He got such a huge alif. And he quotes a verse which mentions this. He goes, this is, now how many people speak without knowledge about Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? Here's one example. With the earthquake, oh, they're getting punished. Oh my God, but they're worse than shirk. What's worse than shirk? You're speaking about Allah Ta'ala without knowledge. Punishment comes from God. And you said this is a punishment. It's not a punishment. He says, well, how is that worse than shirk? Go and ask Hafiz ibn Kayyid. So when it comes to Allah Ta'ala, just keep quiet. I'm not speaking. I only will speak about him what I know, but definitely. And this, why is it so dangerous? Because you're, you're, you're burning people away from Islam. They want to know who Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is. If you don't know, then keep quiet. Astaghfirullah. Indeed, thinking well and making excuse for our Muslim brothers and sisters falls under an exalted form of worship. Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna husna zanni min husnil ibadah. Verily, having a good opinion of brothers and sisters is a beautiful form of worship. This is in Ahmad in his Muslim, number 7956. 8,036, 8,709, 9,280, 10,264. But in the chain is a man called Shutair ibn Nahar, and he has weakness. So why have I mentioned this report here? What does the hadith say? Having a good opinion of your brothers and sisters is beautiful worship. Apply that to the earthquake. So you see 5,000 Muslims die in the earthquake. What did the hadith say? If you have a good opinion about them, that's beautiful worship. So if you say, inshallah, they're forgiven, that's beautiful worship. But if you say they're getting white, is that a good opinion about your brothers? So know the Prophet's telling you, think good, think good about your brothers. Okay, they're in a weak state, they were sinning, they weren't praying, but Allah Ta'ala has intervened. But unfortunately, we think, you know, Allah Ta'ala, this is the problem. We say La ilaha illallah, but we don't understand what we're saying. No, La ilaha illallah. There is no God worthy of worship with Allah. MashaAllah. You spoke ignorantly about it. So now what's happened to your shahada? Think about it. You said something, but you've negated it. Right? You're saying there is no God worthy of worship, and you've lied about him. And how many times do people do that? Astaghfirullah. So again, note, you have to be very, very careful. And to finish, with regards to sins, Imam Ghazali, he elucidated a very important reality when he said, He who says that evil is not from Allah is ignorant. As also he who asserts that both, i.e. the execution of the sin and it being decreed are from him, he is also ignorant without distinguishing between the two. This too is not allowed to disclose. It is best to observe silence. Rasulullah said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Destiny is a secret of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Do not attempt to disclose it. This is in Ibn Adi in his Al-Qamil, Abu Na'im Al-Hiriya, Imam Ghazali, Rahmatullah, in his Ihya, volume 4, page 431, in the chapter on love, longing, intimacy, and contentment. Here we go again. People speaking about Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. What did Imam Ghazali say? He said, whoever says evil is not from Allah, he is jahil. 
So a person goes, hey, so evil is from, yes, it's from Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then he said, he who says that the sin, when it's performed, and it being written off from him, he is also jahil. Everybody says that. Then he said, without distinguishing between the two. What did he mean by that? What he meant by that was, you must distinguish between the sin and the sinner. Mm-hmm. Like that famous saying, hate the sin, not the sinner. Mm-hmm. A person is taking drugs, he's a Muslim. You hate the sin. You don't hate the Muslims. Then look what he said, Imam Ghazali. It is not allowed to disclose. It is best to observe silence with regards to the decree. Then he calls the hadith. What did the Prophet say? Destiny is a secret of Allah. It's a secret. Do not attempt to disclose it. Allah has hidden it. How many times do people say, well, if everything's written, What's the point? Allah Ta'ala has written everything. It's his secret. You're trying to expose his secret. Don't do it. So note again, what do we learn? We are talking again and again ignorantly about the Almighty and Glorious. And the scholars have warned us against this again and again. So note again, going back to basics. We need to learn the basics of our deen. And unfortunately, people are discussing everything but the most important subjects of our deen. Not stuff for them. Are there any questions you like to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi, subhanallah bihamdi, ka ishtu la ilahi illa anta astaghfiru ka atubu alayka wa dhibu alayhi minu shadhan bihim subhanallah rabbika rabbil izzati amma isifun salamu ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillah ilbil alameen bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim wal-asr insan lafiyu khasr ladhina amudu wa 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 am